Welcome back to Invisible Scars. I'm Michelle Villapiano, and tonight um, welcoming back my husband, Paul Villapiano. Villapiano, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I'm a little nervous tonight. And my daughter, Jordan Smith. Hi, Jordan. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi. <laughs> so I need to start this episode by addressing what's going on in the world right now. It's March 20th, 2020, and we are dealing with the pandemic COVID-19 virus. Right now, everything is closed. We can't send our kids to school. Restaurants are closed. Bars are closed. The malls are closed. You can't get your hair cut. Nail salons are closed. Movie theaters are closed. Kids can't go to dance class. Competitions are canceled all around the world. I don't know if I said concerts, but concerts are canceled. If I did, I apologize. The NBA canceled the season. Major League Baseball has postponed the season. And the NHL is canceled as well. We have to stay at least six feet apart from each other, and we can't gather in crowds of more than, what is it in New Jersey now, 10 people? 10. 10 people. Five in New York. Five in New York. Our kids can't have play dates. And like I said, they have to be homeschooled. Some of us have to work. Fortunately for me, Jordan is home helping with my daughter, Marissa. But it's very stressful right now with having to work Keep everybody calm, keep your house calm, teach your kids, and at the same time, eliminate half the jobs at your potential place of business. Everyone's being laid off. It's just, it's unbelievable. People are fighting over hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, and toilet paper in the stores. They're opening supermarkets at 6 a.m. so that the elderly can shop without the fear of being contaminated by other people. The whole purpose of this quarantine or self-distancing and isolation is to prevent the spread of COVID-19. People are dying all over the world, and there aren't even enough tests in the United States to see who's sick. There's no, there are no symptoms that come up right away. You could be carrying this for two weeks and no one would ever know. Anxiety levels are through the roof, off the charts, and beyond comprehension. And it's amazing, but this is going to leave a lifetime of scars for us as adults, for our children. The interesting thing, though, is we've been forced to spend a lot of time together as a family, which is reminiscent of my childhood when all we could do at the dinner table was talk. I don't know about you, hon, but does it remind you of when we were younger? It, it does. And to be able to put the phone down, although in some instances, because our operations are still running, we right. can't completely distance ourselves from that. But... To have our 20-year-old be able to put her phone down and not want to look at it because everything she looks at on it just drives her crazy out of her mind. It's kind of nice that we can have this quality time. It's unfortunate mm -hmm. it has to be this, but 
um, it kind of makes you think and appreciate life and and each other. I know it's almost like we're being forced to slow down and take a step back. Um, I don't remember the last time when there was a weekend where we had nothing to do because we couldn't do it. Especially for a college student. Yeah, who's on <laughs> spring break, can't see your friends, uh, can't see family that you haven't been around in a couple of weeks. It's really, it's really tough. But one of the things that came up last night at dinner, which completely shocked me, is my two kids decided to say grace before we ate. And normally we only do that at holidays and usually only when my nieces are over because my kids are, are embarrassed to do it. But last night they both wanted to and it was heartbreaking. Anyway, that conversation led us down this road of when Jordan was younger and some of the things that I dealt with um, in terms of verbal and mental abuse and some of the things that she dealt with. So, Jordan, how old are you now, my dear? 20. 20. Okay. I've mentioned um, earlier on the first episode of this podcast that your father was very controlling with with me, with your siblings. Do you remember when you first can recall feeling like you were being controlled or manipulated? I just remember being little and just wanting to always be at your house. And the only reason I liked going to my father's house was to see my other brother and sister. But when they weren't there, I did not like being there. Why didn't you like being there? Because I was bored. I was seven, so I didn't really have anyone else to play with. And there was just more things to do at your house than Dad's house. Were you able to call me if you wanted to? Not all the time. It was, it was when my father decided to call you, okay. not when I wanted to call you. Do you remember times when I called the house to speak to you and... Totally forgot we had a house phone back then. Yeah, we had a house phone. <laughs> um, but he used, I used to try to call you and talk to you, and he would tell me that you didn't want to talk to me. Do you remember that ever? I think the most... Like, what's, it, what's the word? The memory I remember the most is being in his room upstairs... And I don't know if I had my own phone or he, he called on his phone, but we were on the phone. And then I think he found out we were on the phone and he hung up on you or something. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't talk to you for a couple of days. Okay. And I think I got in trouble for talking to you. Do you remember how old you were? Seven. Seven. Eight. I don't really remember my age. Okay. Okay. Well, one thing when you when you bring back that time when you were seven, it takes me back to when Paul and I were in court and we were trying to not get full custody of you, but create a stable schedule for you and um, just so you had, you knew where you would be all the time, set days and everything. And um, 
you had gone to see your, what, what do they call them at the time? Law, Law guardians. guardians. And I remember after your visit with her, she came up to me and said, I spoke to Jordan and I told her, most likely she will live with you full time and see her father every other weekend. And I remember being so unbelievably happy. That was the Friday before we went to court. I'll never forget it. I know I have a crazy <laughs> memory. But um, when we went to court, my attorney brought something to my attention. Do you remember anything that took place? Yeah. What do you remember? I don't know. I might be wrong. I remember she came to my house, and me and my brother were playing a SpongeBob game. And... She asked my brother to leave the room. Do you and know why she came to the house? No. Okay. Um, I think just to talk to me, because I obviously couldn't go to, like, an attorney office. And we just talked about... I remember she asked me what toys I liked to play with in my room, because I had a pink Barbie car. And she just asked me about certain things. And I remember she said... Whose house do you have more fun at? And I said, Mommy's. And then she said, why do you like being at Mommy's? And then I, I don't remember my answer. And then she asked me why I liked being at my dad's. And I said, because my brother and sister. And then I remember her saying, if you could pick one person to live with all the time, who would it be? And I think I hesitated for like a few seconds. And then I said, Mommy. And then I called her back. Mm -hmm. And after I, she left, you called her. Yeah. And what'd you tell her? Do you remember? I said, I think I was scared of what my dad was going to do, or I was scared of how my dad was going to react. And I said, I don't want to do that. I want to live with both of them. You said, along those lines, that you did not want to be in the middle. And once you said that to her, she could no longer fight for what she thought was best for you because you said you didn't want to be in the middle. And, of course, if I could add, yes, she was please. seven. She was seven. And didn't know how to dial the phone, most likely. <laughs> Correct. And her father clearly was coaching her, and we knew that that was going to be a problem if she was at his house when the law guardian met with him. I remember being being devastated that, she was spending the weekend before court with him, but we never in a million years thought he would stoop to that level. We underestimated him. We underestimated him. So when I went to court Monday morning, my attorney told me and, and Paul that your guardian was not going to be able to say or advocate for you that you should live with me. And that decision changed the next nine or ten years of your life and I remember so many times you saying I wish I never called her I wish I never called her do you remember why do you uh, what what are some of the reasons what are some of the things that may have happened would you want to say well, something if Paul? I could just add yeah. I think what happened because of course we didn't let you know what was going on we didn't you were too young you didn't need to know the information but I think what what killed us as parents is the fact that you would ask, well, why can't I just live with mom? Why can't I spend more time with mom? And at that point, we couldn't tell you 
why that was. We weren't we weren't going to have you hold on to that burden of saying, well, Jordan, it's you know, because of what you you had said, said X because we knew you were seven and you were manipulated. So that was a hard number of years. I think it wasn't until she was about 13 or, 13 14 or 14 when she really started saying, I want out of there that we actually told her what was the catalyst that kept her there. But well, because we never we never wanted to to be the ones that said anything bad no, about her father. Not. We didn't want to paint that picture for her. Um, Despite be, what dis- she would come back and say right. that her father said about, about you me or us. Else, yeah. We were trying to be the bigger people there. So, okay, so let's go Let's go back. And do you remember those car rides? Do you remember that you had to go to school in, in New York, mm-hmm. Monroe Woodbury? Yep. And we had to drive about 40 30. miles, 38 miles each way to and from school. Every w- I'm sorry. What was the schedule? That um, I was with my I was with mom every Monday, and she would drive me to school on every Monday morning, every Tuesday morning, and then I was with dad every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the weekends alternated. So I was always with you guys on Sundays, but when it was dad's weekend, dad kept me Friday, Saturday, and then I went. You guys picked me up at 11:30 on Sunday, or if it was your weekend. You would pick me up from school or the house on Friday, and then I just stayed with you until Tuesday. That was the schedule. Did you like that schedule? Um, no. I mean, it was also, looking back on it, I think I liked, it was like on and off because all my friends were in Monroe, and before me and my dad stopped getting along, I had all my friends there, so I was able to hang out with good friends Mm -hmm. at the time. That's what they were. And, but I always looked forward if it wasn't my dad, if it wasn't my mom's weekend to Sunday, because we always did something on Sunday. We never just stayed at home. That's okay. what I was excited for. But not just to see me. No, just that I we were was. Gonna do something. But <laughs> I like didn't really do much with my father. Mm-hmm. So we either always went out to eat or go to the stores. I think what we found the hardest for you was that that middle of the week kind of juggling back and forth for you, homework, bouncing back and forth between homes. It was just not ideally what we wanted for you, but unfortunately, you know, that was the schedule that had been established, and I don't recall. I didn't like going back and forth. I didn't like it. Like, I think it would have been, it was better than, like, every other day I was going back and forth, but I just know I would get so mad if I left something at your house. And I realized it while I was home on Tuesday night. I'd be like, dang it, it's at mom's house. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't really have anything at dad's house. But it was just like I had doubles of everything. And it was just, I don't know. It got to be more annoying when I was older because I liked sleeping in. And when we used to drive to New York, we have to wake up. We had to leave by 6. six to get 6.15 the latest. And they would hear my mouth if we left a minute late. Correct. Yeah, Especially yeah but the good you. thing was you were so tired you didn't really say much yeah. the whole way. <laughs> so okay, so let's talk about as you started to get older. Do you do you remember some of the things that started to happen, or when you started to realize that something wasn't normal, or um, 
like normal with me and my father. Well, that, yeah. Did you feel like things were changing or that you weren't able to do what you wanted or that he was trying to maybe control the situation or limit? I never had a childhood. That's what I always tell people is that my childhood, my friends, if I had boyfriends, they were all in Monroe. And it's like... I couldn't do what I wanted to do while living with my father. And then... What do you mean? Like, I couldn't go to a party. Like, when I was, like, a sophomore or junior in high school, I couldn't go to a party. Or, like, if there was a Sweet 16 happening, he had... It was like he just had to be in control of everything. And most of the time, his answer was no. So did you ever go to, like, birthday parties? I went to some Sweet 16s, but most of the time, they were on your weekends. And... Um, he only let me hang out with the same friends over and over and over again. Who were they? School friends or, f- like, friends on the street? Friends or? on the street. Okay. Um, Some school friends, but okay. most of the time. I just brought them over before he came home. Okay. Because I knew he would say no. Or we would all walk down the hill to the deli. Okay. But um, it was when he started getting closer to our street friend, importantly that I realized that things were changing. I thought it was changing for a good in a good way at first. Like I was so happy that they were together and everything. What well, you, you need to rewind. What are you talking about? When he got into a new relationship with the woman down the street. Okay, but what about let's okay, so you want to talk about that first and then we'll go back to when he, your father you got married. When things changed. Okay, so nothing nothing in the middle, like when Dad got married, when he married Gina? Oh, I forgot about that. Because yeah, that's mean, a lot of years of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, when my dad got married to Gina, uh, I didn't really like it at first because I didn't want anyone to think that they could be my mother because I only needed one mom. And I, I wasn't really that way with Paul, though, because I think I had a better bond with him than I did with dad because mm-hmm. i always called him what did i call you well you you started boss dad or something like started that. to try to call me dad until mm, you got in trouble i got in trouble heard that you were calling me that and then he forbid you from doing that yeah so i used to say it at just our house and then with gina it took me a little while to get like comfortable with her like i liked her but it took me a while to like talk to her and be comfortable with her and if I needed to go to the store because my my father was always busy with his work so it was just me and Gina and so it took me like a little bit to like her but I liked her and then she had my little sister and I was so happy because I got a little sister and then we got a dog and I liked it being at my father's house because we had a dog and I had a baby sister. And all my family would come over, my brothers and sisters, my cousins, my uncles, everything. And then him and... Oh, no, I was just... I think you forgot the part about the dog and the baby sister at mom well, and yeah, well, it was just, It was interesting because we had Marissa and less than a year later, your dad had... We'll, we'll start with the dog. We got the dog. We got our dog Lexi. Who you fell in? Peace. Who you fell in love with? Yes, and then we got. Then my and then dad your got son. Father said. Nine mm, months later, got son. Let me get a dog. Um, then uh, your mother and I were married 
for a couple of years, and we finally were able to have Marissa, Marissa and then, um, of course, then your father. Ten months a, later, had a child. Had and I, sister. I, I, we didn't back. I think we talked about this the last time. Is uh, we share anniversary dates yes, as we well. Yes, we share the, an- the wedding anniversary. And because yeah. we got married in November. November 10th, 10th, 2006. And then a year later. That's another thing, talking about sharing. I think that was the worst part going backtracking about having split homes was the holidays. Okay. The holidays was really hard because my mom always had a better Christmas than my dad. And it was just like there was more family involved. And I swear to God, I spent most time in a car on Christmas for a few years than I did at home in my pajamas just chilling on the couch like I do now and it was just like my mom we had to wake up extra early which at the time I was little so that didn't really bother me but we had to wake up extra early open our gifts and leave the house by a certain time and I had to leave all my family that was there my grandmother me mom Paul Marissa my dogs to go see my father and then we would drive an hour to Peekskill, see everyone, go back to my house. It was just a lot. Christmas was the worst because I had to leave my mom's house okay. in the morning. Yeah, sorry for the backtrack. No, that's okay. That. That's We're just... Speaking about backtracking, I, just, I think the thing that really um, hurt us the most is hearing you call up and telling us stories from probably the time you were five or even seven and later how your father promised to take you certain places or go certain places do you remember any of that and then when mom would call you or when we'd see you when you were with us we would ask you how it was and you're like we didn't do that and eventually it happened every week after week and we'd say really what happened do you know do you remember what your response was my father's a liar. He promises me things and then he takes them back. And I know a lot of times, you know, Joe had things. I think Joe had ball games, things like that. And you always said, you know, I kind of feel like my brother's the priority. And I, and and maybe that was mom and I talking, but we always felt that it that the focus was on Joe, and not yeah. um and not not you and you were littler i mean you were smaller and, and maybe because you were a girl and he didn't know how to deal with little girls but you always dress little girls or dress little girls which is why you always took your clothes back and forth but um yeah so okay so the holidays were hard for you mm-hmm. what else so do you do you remember um i don't know if you called us or you told us when your dad got married, do you remember the night of the wedding? Didn't I call you guys? I was crying. Yeah. Why? Were, do you know why you were crying? <laughs> no, I just remember I was crying, and then I fell asleep. You were crying because you were left alone in hotel room. The boy. hotel room. Oh, I had a phone. I don't know if you had a. Fo- I don't know maybe how you called. Maybe your brother and sister, but you were. Sc- I remember you being scared. So, all right, so... I couldn't wait for you guys to pick me up that morning. Yeah, we got to drive to Massachusetts and (laughs) pick her up. Um, I was so excited because it was our one-year anniversary. And do you remember um, 
what made our wedding so special for you when Paul and I got married? Yeah, he got down on one knee in the middle of the in the middle of the stage. And I was so embarrassed. I was so different back then. Well, you were six. Yes, still. But I was so embarrassed. Not what, did, embarrassed what did he do? I don't like, recall you being embarrassed. No, I was shy. I was shy back then. So, like, I didn't want to go into the center of the stage by myself. And I dragged mom with me. And, and well, I was up did, there. And what did I... He got down on one knee. What did I do? And he said, will you be my stepdaughter? And he gave me a little butterfly necklace. And I was like... Yes, on the microphone. That's exactly how you answered, yes. <laughs> and, and then uh, the whole rest of the night of the wedding, I walked around and went to each table and showed off my butterfly necklace. <laughs> like she As was if the, you bride. Were the bride. Like, yeah, exactly. It was funny. Did, can I ask, did you share that story with your dad? I honestly don't, don't know, know if I did. Um, I, never, I don't remember if you did either. Probably. Kay. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. But do you remember telling us that when we got married, you felt like you got married too? That it was your wedding? Yeah, because I I danced with you for your first <laughs> chance. Well, yeah, because both of my parents had passed, and instead of doing... No, like, your first dance. Oh, well, you Paul yes. picked me up, and I yeah. was dancing with you guys. Yeah. And then we danced. And then we didn't do... I didn't do the, the father-daughter dance because my parents passed, and Grandpa couldn't... I wanted to dance with your Grandpa. father, right. but we didn't think he, he could he could do it. So we changed it and we made it um, a dance with the whole bridal party and their daughters because every one of them had a daughter except Wasn't Lisa. Wasn't it me but and you first? It was me Just and you me and, and me. do you remember the song that we danced to? In My Daughter's Eyes? Oh, yeah. By Martina McBride. Yeah. So. Cute. I just felt more included in that wedding than my dad's wedding. Okay. All right. So you, you fast forwarded before. Did you want to say something? Oh, I just I remember the next day or the day after oh after oh, our I wedding sucked. when we had to say goodbye they we wanted to take a two-week honeymoon headed on our honeymoon <laughs> and that was a very uh, we had a lot of family at the house the next morning and it was just a really hard it was horrible separation because you know i think her father came up to the house with gina with gina mm-hmm. um who we desperately going. at first wanted to hate to not, yeah um, but we couldn't help but fall in love with her. And then we were like, oh, God, we have to warn her. And, of course, Nothing that wasn't our, our, it wasn't our place right. at that time to, to say anything. So, But I remember how upset you were, and everybody was upset that you were so upset because you had to leave. And, it, you know, it was hard because it was a wedding. It was a great, right. great time, and family was there. And That was the thing. I always left. I always had to leave. Okay. Yeah. So, Anywho. so let's fast forward to what you were talking about before when you felt things changed. So this was when your dad. It's just when him and Gina started getting things went south. And um, basically they were just going through a divorce. And I got really close to Gina at that point because if. She would come to my concerts when my dad wouldn't go. Yeah, you used to always say, Mommy, sit with Gina. And <laughs> Paul and I would be like, oh, my God. But we, like Paul said, we, we love Gina. She's one of and, my best but friends. You, but you handled it well because you could have been that mom that says, oh, no, I'm her mom. There's no other room in her life. But, you know, and when I would ask you, I remember specifically, why are you so okay with this or whatever? And you're like, I want to make sure that 
that the woman that's there with my daughter is taking care of her and that she knows that she can come to me and talk right. to me. And, and that was really important. And I thought that you were, again, the bigger person there because I don't know that I would have felt the same way if it was the shoe was on the other foot. But. I, I think I did that because I was that person too when with your brother and sister because they had a mom and I was the one that was left every weekend with your brother and sister. And whenever we did stuff, I wanted to be included in their in their world when their mom was there and and she did she used when you were born sandy used to take you to her house with with your brother and sister in your car seat and my mother would would be like i cannot believe you're letting his ex take your baby but you guys were, were all family but um still to this still day. to this day so okay so things started going south can you can you tell me when you really, really started to experience your uh, form of abuse or being controlled? Um, basically, my dad had moved downstairs, and so I lived downstairs as well. And so we were just chilling downstairs, and Gina was not allowed downstairs if I was down there. And I couldn't go upstairs if Gina was upstairs, so I had to sneak upstairs if I was hungry or if I was thirsty. And if I was upstairs and Gina was there, I couldn't talk to her, and I would get in trouble if I talked to her. And I remember one time I really needed deodorant, and my dad was not home. And so I was like, Gina, I know we're not talking, but can you please take me? I don't even know the store. Ulta somewhere. And she took me to get deodorant, and I was so scared that we were not going to be back in time before my father got home. I was like... Freaking out. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I can curse. I know. You were going to say something so, else, so I jumped in there. So basically, the relationship had gone south right? between your father and, and Gina. Gina. Mm -hmm. And what were you told um, as far as your relationship with Gina? How was that supposed to be? That we had no more relationship. But so you lived know, in the same house and you couldn't talk? Yeah. Why, what happened to create that, do you know? But what caused that friction between you and Gina? Because obviously your father and oh, Gina were fighting. Just because I was, I was like, okay, whatever my father says is what I have to do. That's my dad. Gina's not my parent. Mm -hmm. Gina's not, Gina's not, not that I think this now, but I think at the time it was that Gina's temporary, my dad's permanent, so I would rather have my and dad. she was like 13, you were like 13 or f Yeah, and 14, I remember right? how much, like, things but, I used to get from you guys. But had Gina done something to you? No, it was. To I, make your relationship bad? No, it was just my father. Did, did you want to be distant from her? Like, was that hard for you as, as a young teenager? living in the house and not being able to talk to this woman that you spent six years with. I mean, yeah, but I think I would have rather went through that than get yelled at by my father every day. Okay. And, I mean, it was only, not that it was, like, a short period of time, but, like, when I was home, mm -hmm. I would always be in my room anyways, besides dinner time and to take a shower. So it wasn't hard for me, but, like... I remember the one time where I was, like, terrified to talk to Gina is when I burned myself on a motorcycle muffler, 
And I called you when you were 40 minutes away because my skin, I had I had a third-degree burn. I never went to the hospital. And my skin... Did you tell your dad about the burn? Did you call him and tell him? He was there. Your father was there when you got that burn? Yeah. We oh. went out to eat after, right after. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, my dad was there. And I forget, what was Gina's background? A nurse. She's a nurse. Oh, yeah. that's okay. right. He wasn't... But it wasn't bad at first. I thought I poked myself. Okay. And we went to this. We went to Mina's, and okay. it was me, my dad, and my brother. And then that's when my skin started boiling. And then I put ice on it. And then two or three days later, it was so nasty. It all pussed. And then the skin like dried, but the skin was still very like nasty. And the skin peeled off of my leg, and it was just dangling. And my dad was outside walking the dog. And okay. I, instead of just asking Gina, who was right down the hall, I screamed out the window, Dad, 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 my skin's peeling off. And then I called you crying. And you're like, just go ask Gina. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm going to get in trouble. And you were like, go ask Gina. There's right. I was like, she's I a damn do. nurse. And if you're lucky, I remember saying, if you're lucky and she's still talking to you, she'll help you. But mm-hmm. I knew, I knew that Gina would. Would yeah. not. And she cut my skin off and put a bandage on, bandaid on. And then what happened? My dad got mad at me. And what happened? I don't know. Okay. I remember the anxiety that created for you. She called, <sighs> of course, our house, crying in pain, and you were between a rock and a hard place. We couldn't get to her that quickly, nor would he let you go to her, and he wouldn't let the nurse. Right. Who, the care- who took care of her who for took six care years. Of her in the house, tend to her technically. So, of course. I, I, I think one of the hardest things for me was first of all, I hated when you would leave because it was inevitable. We had a moose that smelled like each other. Well, no, let's. It was a stuffed animal. Yes, yeah, so a stuffed animal. It was a stuffed moose. animal that Paul gave to me when we were friends because oh. he knew I liked purple and he thought you would like the moose. <laughs> But See, I, guess I know. Worked, I huh? guess it worked. Years later, but we. But it didn't smell like us. We sprayed it with my perfume yeah, so yeah. that when I wasn't with you, I had it. You had it. You could smell it and remember me that I was there. But every time your you father walked. picked you up, your mother very, very much so got depressed, and I would have to try to get her out of the funk because it was hard. It was really, really hard. Well, and and what happened? I mean, every weekend, every every week rather. She would call us, and she'd be okay. crying yep. in, in tears. Yeah. So I'm 40 miles away. Your father doesn't wouldn't talk to me. You know that he, you know, and you would call us crying all the time. And I remember one time you called. You were hysterical. This was and this was before things went bad with Gina. Do you remember a situation with laundry? Yeah. What me ha- and Gina, were, I don't remember what happened. I was just thinking about that. But I remember a laundry situation happened, and we both got yelled at. And I, we were both crying. Yeah, you called me I crying. I don't know what happened, though. We did laundry You didn't together. switch it, or you didn't do something. and I still don't do that. And <laughs> I know. But I remember her, she called us hysterical. And I said, where's Gina? And you put Gina on the phone. And, and, and Gina was crying. crying. And she's just as hysterical as Jordan. So Over... Like, so, like, what do you do when, at that point? You've got two women in the house hysterically crying. And the again, person that's supposed to be able to help my daughter through everything is going through the same crap. 
Same abuse. Same abuse. So, okay. So, where do you want to go now? Tell us, tell, okay. So, hmm? you want to say something? Five minutes left. Five minutes left? Okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So, um, when, when your dad and Gina were finally... Start over. Okay. So let's go back a little bit to um, when dad and Gina were no longer together and your dad had a new girlfriend, Mm -hmm. Gina's best friend, and the mother of your best friend. friend, um, Our neighbor. Your neighbor. So tell us about you being in that house. Were you ever left in the house? Like what are some of the things that happened to you? In their house or my house? You are in dad's house. I mean, no, I wasn't left at always at the beginning because most of the time I always was at my best friend's house. I didn't even ask my father. I just went and vice versa. It was when they started dating Mm -hmm. that he started leaving. I was basically like a 16-year-old mother to my little sister because my dad would, on the weekends, would leave at like... 7 a.m. to go to the gym and wouldn't get back till 9 o'clock in the morning. And he would leave me to do pancakes and everything like that. For your sister? For my sister. And I remember specifically on Christmas, he left me with her and I had to open up her gifts with her and do everything with her. Where was he? At her house, spending Christmas with them. Okay. So it was like I had to give my little sister a Christmas. And that was the Christmas that my dad didn't want to decorate. And I decorated the whole house. I remember I called you. I was like, look, Mom. I remember that. I decorated my whole house. and I, But I would not and do it at her house. Yeah, she wouldn't decorate at my <laughs> house. But but at least I felt that you were going to have a Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, with the Christmas spirit. So, all right. So now as as that relationship went on, what changed for you? Between you and your father? Um, I just felt like everyone was more important than I was. Everyone meaning? His new family. Okay. And I just felt like I didn't, he didn't, like, I didn't mean anything to him anymore. And, like, he let anyone talk to me however way that they wanted to talk to me. And, like, he just sat there and took it. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I'm your kid. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you shouldn't let anyone come into my house and talk to me like that. And he didn't care. And then how about... Um, how about when he would go over there at night? I didn't like being home alone. I still don't like being home alone. Okay. So I would toss and turn, and I would call him, when are you coming home? When are you coming home? I can't sleep. When are you coming home? And then he would get like, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And, like, he would take forever to get home. Do you remember calling, calling me one night that you were so afraid mm-hmm. in the house? And it was, it was um, I don't, I'm sure you remember, but it was his weekend to have her, and he was at a concert? He was at a concert. And you called me and you were afraid. You didn't want to be in the house alone. You heard noises and and you were very, very nervous. 
So you wanted me to come and get you, but I couldn't get you. Do you remember why? Because it was his weekend, and if I went and took you, he would say that I kidnapped you. So I called the police station up there and asked them, what could I do? Could I go up there and sit with you? And what did they tell me? Mm. No. So what did I do? Drove I up, drove up there, up front, and right? I sat in front of your house. Did you? I did. How old was I? I don't 14. remember 14, 15. 14, yeah. And I, I sat in front of the house until somebody showed up at the house so that you knew I was out there if anything happened. Did I know you were out there? Yeah, I told you I was out there. And I didn't come see you? you no, couldn't. you couldn't. You couldn't. And, and truth be told, you, you you were just speaking about how your relationship changed with your father very dynamically how you didn't feel like you were part you were important or part of the family some of that happened severely happened after the filing and during the process when you were 16 or so when we actually went to court and you filed the petition that changed a lot okay so without going into a lot of detail about why at at 16 what happened? I thought I was going to lose my brother. Okay, and we're not gonna we're not gonna go into details on that, but something traumatic happened, right? And I I remember though too. Your dad promised you a sweet sixteen. Yeah. We were gonna go on vacation. We were gonna go to Hawaii. And your dad promised you a sweet sixteen, and, and then, then it became a drag show in the city when we would run a limo. And I can invite a bunch of friends. Did that happen? No. So you had to pull together a sweet 16 in a month? A month. And a half. We didn't go on our trip. No. And um, so who was at that sweet 16? All my family, including my dad's family and my mom's family and my stepdad's family. But not my father. Right. It was everybody... um, and it was, it was even your grandfather. Your grandfather was yeah. there Father's too. Father's father. Yeah. Okay, so now you're now you're 16, and what happens? You almost lose your brother. At this point, um, without going into detail, he uh, distanced himself from your sister. She was no longer in the house, not allowed in the house. You thought you were going to lose your brother, and what did you do? What did you decide? What did you ask Paul and I? Oh. To like go back to court, mm-hmm. and I said I wanted to with you guys again, because like I said earlier, all I wanted, all I liked about my dad's house is my brother and sister for the most part. Because not that I would get bold, and Sunny, but Sunny wasn't there all the whole time. Like before Sunny came, I always had Joe and right. Joe mm-hmm. and Jazz, and like it was just we were still like. I mean, I'm five years apart from my brother, ten years apart from my older sister. So it was just like they would bully me and stuff like that. But it was but it fun. Was, they were, yeah. And so when they started leaving the house, I felt like I was going to be alone besides Juliana. But I was just like, Where I got to look out for myself. Let's oh, just say Sunny was your dog. Sunny was my dog who my dad took away from me. The day, told me the day we were going to Florida. Yeah, so we picked you up to go to Florida. And you came out of the house crying, <laughs> crying. 
and we were like, I can't believe this. We're we're going to Florida, starting our vacation, and she's crying. What the heck happened? Mm-hmm. And he said, when you come back, you might not have a dog. And so the whole time in Florida, I was like, oh, I wonder if Sunny's there. I wonder if Sunny's there. And then I was like, so nervous to drive home because I was like. My dog's probably not there. And we swore we saw him in the window. Yes, I, and I, to this day, I promise you, I, we had a little bay window. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, the color of the couch. He was sunny. Like, mm-hmm. he was sandy color. Mm-hmm. And he, I swear he poked his little head up in the bay window because he used to just sit there right. and watch the cars go by. And I swear I saw him jump off the couch and sit at the foot of the stairs. He was not there. And then... I was crying so much. My dad said we can FaceTime the dog. <laughs> and and why, why were you told you were getting rid of the dog? Or your father because he said no one took care of it. Well, and Well, who was in the house? Me. And? And Tim. And a three-year-old, mm-hmm. four-year-old. And I can admit I didn't give him the best walks. But it was also, like, very cold up there. And dark. I'm sorry. And, but yeah, it was. I lived in the middle of a mountain on a hill. Like, on a hill in the middle of a mountain. Yeah, I was scared when I lived in that house. So right. if the dog peed and did his business at the end of the driveway, we went right back in. Right, and okay. at 16 or so years old, you were expected to walk the dog at night. I'm still alone. paranoid. On the street. I'm still paranoid to be alone at night, walking so, home from college. Okay, so you made a decision that you wanted to get away from your dad. Mm-hmm. Was there something that happened, aside from what happened with your brother, that you were just done? He was just psychotic. What do you mean? He just, like, he cloned my telephone. What do you mean? He cloned he, your telephone? He, I don't even know how he did it, but he somehow did it. And I remember finding it was an iPhone 5, black, just like my brother's, because I had the gold. And I said, Jojo, you've been looking for your phone, right? And as soon as I picked it up, I, like, tapped it and, like, my messages were up there. My phone calls were up there. He could hear and listen to everything that I was doing on my phone. And I've never seen my father, like, run so fast to get a telephone that wasn't mine because he was always trying to take my phone. And and then I kind of knew something was up because he stopped asking me to see my phone. And so he cloned my phone. And then if he wasn't cloning my phone, he was taking my phone and I didn't have a phone at night. And then... When you were alone in the house, you mean? No. Didn't I have a phone when I was alone? Well, you... I would have to leave it on the... the Right. The ledge. There was no house phone. Yeah, there was no house phone. And you had no internet. Yeah, he took away my internet, and then I charged the phone bill $500 in data usage um, because I needed data. Well, and a lot of your your courses for school were online. That's when high school started becoming electronic and started using Google Classroom and stuff like that. And so I needed it, and I didn't have a laptop. Or but air I conditioning. I couldn't do anything. What? Or air conditioning. Yeah, or air conditioning. You took or the heat. units out of the window, so in or the summer heat. you, yeah. And I, I vividly remember when you would go there, how many times you would call me and say, Mom, there's no, there's, food. There's no food, and you would be with your sister. And what would I have to do? Send me money. Send you money or give you my credit card mm-hmm. to order us to food. order you guys food and and finally and it wasn't even that I was a picky eater because I am a picky eater but if there was food I wouldn't have called my mom. 
So then you decide that you don't want to be there. also, the reason I didn't call my Sorry. father was because if I asked him for lunch money, he would give me $5, and it would cover a drink and... Two cookies. No, that was middle school, okay? <laughs> no, she was just eating that the tortilla chips. School. No, that was middle school, too. Okay. High school, I started branching out, getting mozzarella sticks and my chicken, double chicken patty. That's why your bill was so low yeah. all the time. Doubles of everything. But he never covered... That $5 didn't cover... Okay, Nothing. so, all right, so he, you weren't getting, I kind of had to support you guys mm-hmm. over there, which at one point Paul said. Step, my stepmom moved out. So was right, just, that was when Gina was gone. And at, at one point, I had to draw the line, and as much as it broke my heart, I couldn't keep. But she would make me food sometimes, because I, luckily enough, had a car with the help of mom and Paul. And so... I would take my food home. You would make me sauce sometimes or pesto, and I would take it. And okay. then, so, if it wasn't money, it was food. So, you decided you didn't want to be there anymore, and you wrote an affidavit against your father, mm-hmm. stating that you didn't want to live with him anymore. Mm-hmm. And we didn't tell him. You didn't tell him. Nope. And the court would not allow us, the court would not remove her from the house because our judge, our regular judge, was on vacation and the the, the substitute judge didn't want to make that decision. And then... Missed a lot of school. Missed a lot of school. But you filed an affidavit stating you wanted to move out because of the conditions and circumstances in the house. And they made you live there. And we had to file um, uh, an order of protection against your father while you were living there mm-hmm. because I was concerned, Paul was concerned, my attorney was concerned of what would happen to you or what he might do if when he found out that you filled out this this affidavit. Yep, and that sheriff sure came knocking on the door at 1 o'clock in the morning and scared the shit out of me. Okay. I don't know what you just did. And then, okay, so now your dad finds out and just... Mr. Nice Guy all over again after that got filed. Mm -hmm. I got my phone back. Food. Food. He took me out to dinner, started taking pictures with me, gave me unlimited data. I remember I called Paul. I said, I got unlimited data because I always asked for it, and you guys said no. So I was so happy. And then they said, don't be fooled. He's just trying to get you on his side. And then I was like, oh, this is the father I remember. Because I used to be daddy's little girl. I remember that. Mm-hmm. When I was young. You were. You were. And so I was like, oh, this is nice. But I wasn't, like, I wasn't dumb either. So I was like, nope, I'm still, I'm not going to fuck up again. Sorry. <laughs> you said it's a conversation. Yes, but, okay. Sorry, Le- Kayla. Sorry. But I'm saying I'm not going to mess up like I did when okay. I was younger. So I know that we're probably going over on our time, but um, how did you feel when all that stuff was going on, when you were in that house? What What were you going through? Well, I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and um, I wasn't myself. I couldn't concentrate in school. Um, I couldn't do my schoolwork, and that was a big thing. Not so much for my dad when it was with you. I always had A's. 
was had to get A's, never fulfilled it. But dad didn't, I don't know, I just wasn't myself. And then, like, I started going to therapy, and then I became more of myself. But then, like, he always found a way to, like, knock me down or, like... What do you mean? I mean, he called me mental and said I needed mental help, and anyone who's just not themselves right now doesn't need to hear that. And he just always called me a liar and said I was a bad kid, but I didn't trust him. I didn't want him to know anything that I was doing. So I lied. But I feel like it had to be done. (laughs) I didn't lie to you guys. Okay. But certain things you just got to do. Okay. So. But it was more about lying toward the end. Right. Like when I was getting ready to leave. Right. Do you remember like packing up your little by little packing up your stuff because we were so we were so i found out on a wednesday and had to move everything out on a friday but we just believed in our hearts that we were gonna that you were gonna win this this battle finally after yeah and i found nine years i got sent a voicemail by my mother (laughs) okay well i was at work but but you even started packing up your clothes and sneaking them in your trunk right and you how did that make you feel i was happy were you nervous, though? No. You didn't think he'd find out? What would he have done? I don't know. Well, for starters, he would have thrown your stuff out. Yeah. Which... No, because it was my car. It wasn't his car. No, but if you had left it there, which is what he did finally oh, with no, your I remaining stuff. Oh, no, I mean the stuff that was in my car. Well, you took some... When, okay, so so November of 2016, we get the decision after you had to speak to the judge. I was already starting to like throw things out because I knew we were going to win. Okay. And, but it was very easy to move things out and have him not know because he was never there. He was, I was home a majority of the day. The only time it was hard was when I had my job at the Woodbury Commons. So I would go straight from school to work and then I wouldn't get home until like eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock at night. And then I couldn't put anything in the car until the next morning. Mm-hmm. But I put most of my stuff that Friday morning because. He went to the gym in the morning, so I had free roam of the house. The house. Okay. So how did you feel when your attorney called you? Confused because I had no idea what it meant. And then I started crying when I finally was like, uh, English, please. And he said, he said, um, we won. And I was so happy, and all I wanted to do was talk to my mom. And then she I know I'm answer. sorry. I was busy at work. I didn't think we were going to hear Paul, that soon. Paul answered. And Paul, I was like, Paul, we won. He said, won what? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we won custody. And then I started crying in the bathroom. I'm pretty sure it's, people were like, why is she crying? Probably over a boy or something. And then he called you. And then I think you finally called me back. I finally called because I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I cried. I cried at work. I never cry at work. Mm-hmm. I, I never, cried. Well, that's debatable. I don't really cry like that so, at school. So you you stood up to him and you held your ground and you won. And how have you how has your life changed? Like how do you feel now? How's your relationship I mean, with your father when, when this all happened? We don't have a relationship anymore. Um it's he says it's my fault, but I just feel that no matter if I'm 20, 30, 50, 60, if he's alive, that it'll always be his responsibility to get a relationship with me. I'll always be the child and I'll always be the parent. Mm-hmm. 
and he told me to my face that he was moving on from me and he didn't want anything to do with me. I'm his old family and he's his new family. And so I was just like, okay, whatever. And so I just, I finally got my like life back and my childhood back. And even though like because of him, it's like, I don't know. Like, I started going to therapy, so they told me, like, you have a voice, use it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's okay, but sometimes it's, like, I need to tone it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, because I I just, I don't care what I say. I'll say whatever I want to say. I speak Yes, I, I know. And, like, the pure honesty. But I think, I always say, like, I don't think I would be here if I never left his house. I think I would have, like, hit rock bottom, and I don't know if I would have been able... To like get up. Yeah, I we were very concerned. So, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you um, as part of this podcast is because these are things that you're going to carry for the rest of your life. And I feel like, as a young woman, that if people, young other young women or girls, hear your story, that maybe this can help them. What do you think about that? Do you have anything to say to anyone that may be listening who's in a maybe in a relationship that's abusive with their boyfriend or girlfriend or parents? I would just say no one's permanent, not even your family. And if they don't benefit your life, then it's okay to let go. And I just, I always think of myself now, no matter who I'm talking about or what I do, it's, and I'm not trying to be like, it's all about me, but at the end, it's your, that's all, like, that's all you have is yourself. So I would just say, like, if you're not happy, if you're getting, if you just don't feel like yourself anymore, then, like, one, talk about it. Because when I kept everything inside, it was not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. So I talk about everything now. And I would just say, if you well, because yeah, you let everything build up inside of you. And when I do that, still to this day, I explode. And that's why, like, I might talk a lot, but it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I would just say, like, it's okay to walk away. And there's so many things, so many people that you can contact if you're scared, if you think you need help, and just. Worry about yourself and focus on yourself because yourself is all that you need in this world. Did you think that you would get through it the way that you did? Did you think you'd come out on on the the side that you came out on or did you? I think my biggest fear wasn't that I wouldn't be okay without my dad. I was scared that like my relationship with the Smith family would like be it, damaged. Right. Because, like, and I know for a while I never wanted to go to Christmas or anything because everyone was there with their dad and their brothers and sisters. And, like, it was so sad when it was like, okay, let's take a group picture of me, my brother, and sister. And it was just the, uh, us three. It wasn't my dad anymore. And so I used to, like, resent my, like, best friend, who's also my cousin, because she had her dad. And her dad is, like, my second dad, third dad. But it's like... I, I don't know. Like, I think I was more scared, like, what if I lose the relationship with my brother and sister and my cousins and uncles because I live in New Jersey and they live in New York. and We would never let that happen. No, I know, but I was just scared of that. I don't think I was scared that I wasn't going to have a relationship Were with Were you afraid dad. to stand up to your father? 
At first, yes. Okay. Are you glad you did? Yeah. Okay. It got me into a good college. I just feel like, and I said this earlier on the phone, I feel like it's his loss because at the end of the day, he's stuck on the person that I was when I was 16, 15, but I'm 20 now. And, like, I have two jobs, a car, and school, and I did it all on my own. So, well, with your guys' help. Your but guys. I'm saying that I push myself, and I'm not the same teenager that lied about everything. And I think it, what I find ar- ironic is that you have this great relationship with the Smith family, including your father's brothers, your uncles. Your grandfather. Your grandfather, your brother and sister. But at these holiday events, these family events, the one person that's missing is who? My dad. Right, because he's yeah, isolated no one, himself from the entire family. Yeah, the, the entire family doesn't talk to him. And at some point when that happens, you know, as women, as young women, as girls, as men, when somebody ends up distancing themselves from multiple people at some point, they have to realize that they are the problem, that mm-hmm. they're the common denominator. And hopefully somebody out there that's going through this will see th- these signs and at some point say, you know what, it's not me. Because when you're going through this, you feel like someone is beating you down, taking away all of your power and your securities, Mm -hmm. you know? So anything else before we wrap up this episode? Thank you for sharing your story, Jordan. Anytime, boo. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Be safe. Never Alone Again, Domestic Violence Organization and Resource Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that was created in 1999 to offer empathetic support for victims of domestic abuse. Motivated by personal experience and the awareness of a need for a safe haven, NAG was developed. We are a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing high-quality and individually tailored support services to victims and survivors of domestic violence abuse and families in need. www.neveraloneagain.org